The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Thursday, May 26th. Big weekend coming up. I love Memorial Day. Memorial Day. You know, we did this, uh, we did a top five holidays list during a mailbag episode during the season. It's definitely a top five holiday. So, did you forget, what did you forget, Memorial Day or Labor Day? I think I forgot Memorial Day. Yeah. I forgot. Your favorite holiday you forgot. Labor Day to me is, it's, I don't know if it's top five, it's top 10, it's good. Uh, But more, we don't get to usually enjoy Labor Day. Yeah, we do. No, well, no, you we might. Don't. You, you're right. Well, what are you doing on, on Labor Day? It's before the season. It's cut down no, it's, day. Ready for the season. You got to start I turning right over start your rankings. On, starts at week one on Labor Day. Oh, yeah. there's no start sit week one. You start everyone you drafted as a start. It just, I'll save you time. I'll write start sit week one for you. Well, okay, good. There it is. <laughs> That's on the record. There you Can go. Congratulate. Would you like to write the cheat sheet as well? <laughs> as long as I can put your names on it. Absolutely. I'll write it no, for no, you. No, no, no. It's your name. No, there you go. Yeah. How about start sit sleepers bus? Let, let, let's, let, let's, just, let's just look at uh, our jobs. You go away. I host for you, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you owe me one. There you go. <laughs> I'll, 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 gladly... I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll even find thumbnails for you, Adam. Oh, thank you. I'll gladly, I'll gladly host the video show for you when you're away. I'll just go, I'll go to, you know, I don't, I don't he's I don't never away. Me. Yeah. He never, and I don't go away during the season for the rest. Yeah, please. I never, I have not missed, I've never gone away during the season, ever, 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 ever. Uh, you probably have, but not for reasons that you've wanted to. Gone away? Like yeah, taking I mean, a day off would be one thing, but like, I've never gone on a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, what's on today's show? It's a mailbag. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Going to read your, your tweets. Going to see if we have new Apple Podcast questions. I know if you, if you wrote in an Apple Podcast review and you're looking for it today, I read a few on... T- Monday or Tuesday show, so check that out. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Stefan Diggs. We had a Cup versus Jefferson versus Chase debate. Why not Stefan Diggs? Uh, could he finish as the number one wide receiver? He hasn't yet. He was close in 2020. He was actually number 10 per game in 2021. And how about in the playoffs? Do you guys remember how bad he was in the playoffs? Two games in which Josh Allen threw... For 637 yards and nine touchdowns. And Stefan Diggs had 67 yards on 10 That's targets. That's because Gabriel Davis caught everything. I, in one game, he did. He didn't in the first game. But yeah, we'll talk about Diggs. Uh, I'll give you some upside questions. And Naeem Hines, Frank Reich is going to draft him in fantasy. Let's get started here, guys. Here we go. Why not Stefan Diggs? Where's he in your rankings? Is he four? And does he have wide receiver one potential, like true wide receiver one realistic outcome, you think, for Stefan Diggs, Dave? He does. Any receiver that has 160 target upside 
and he's hit that mark each of the last two seasons, has wide receiver one overall potential. It's just a matter of him coming through on a, a boatload of touchdowns. I'd like to see more of that. I think the Bills are the perfect offense to be in right now if you're a wide receiver, especially one that's got some speed and certainly some elusiveness. Diggs is a master craftsman when it comes to route running, finding ways to get open, and he can still beat defenses deep if he wanted to. I'm totally comfortable with him as a number as a forget number one. I think everybody's comfortable with that. Very comfortable with him as a top four fantasy wide receiver. We've had this conversation a lot because of the show we did with uh, the top three guys, you know, comparing Cup to Jefferson to Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of feels like the bridge receiver to the next tier. You know, not that he, and I agree with Dave, he can, he can be number one. Uh, the funny thing is, is that, you know, you say he can score a boatload of touchdowns. His touchdowns went up from his breakout season in 2020 to 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. From 8 to 10. Yep. And his, you know, he catches and his yards went down. Um, I think the thing that's going to be very interesting for the Bills is that you're taking away two guys, but really one, you know, because Emmanuel Sanders didn't really do it a lot last year, but you're taking away Cole Beasley and what he's meant to Josh Allen. And you're asking Jamison Crowder, who we know has a hard time staying healthy, to fill that role, Khalil Shakir to fill that role. I've said this many times uh, this this offseason since the draft that I feel like this Bills offense is going to be much, not much different, but but have a little different wrinkles to it um, for several reasons. One, Brian Dable is gone, so Ken Dorsey will have the influence on the team um, as a new coordinator. But there's just different things to this offense. They have a second tight end that's capable of making plays in O.J. Howard. They have two pass-catching backs, one in particular being James Cook. I think Duke Johnson could do some of those things, but we clearly have seen what their goal is this offseason, bringing a J.D. McKissick, bringing a James Cook. They want to have something different to this team, to this offense. And so you also have, you know, guys that can play inside and outside. Diggs can play inside. He's done that in Minnesota. Uh, Shakir, I think, can play inside. Uh, obviously, Crowder can play inside. And the the maturation process just of what Gabriel Davis will become. You know, so uh, there's there's a chance that Diggs could have a little bit of regression as well. But I think you, you just look at it as what those top three guys have, I think, just a, a, a natural advantage over him of what they do down the field. Chase in particular, obviously Jefferson. Uh, Cup is kind of like a supersized or, or, or an enhanced version of of what Stefan Diggs, you know, I think has been at his best, you know, you know, Cup's best versus Diggs' best, you know, the last two seasons. Um, but then you start to compare him to the guys that are behind him, you know, Devontae Adams, new team, CD Lamb, new role, uh, Tyreek Hill, new team, you know, it just you kind of get to that group and Diggs just feels better than those guys in that group, you know, at least to me. So um, I think Diggs is a very safe uh, back end round one if you want to go wide receiver, certainly early round two. Uh, he should be a top 15 overall selection. And, you know, you just feel good about what you're getting in Stephon Diggs if he's able to stay healthy. Yeah, I wonder why he didn't really do that well last year. You know, in 2020, he had, including the playoffs, played three playoff games. In 2021, he played two playoff games. But, and I'm obviously, I'm talking about the, the 2021 season. I know the games were played in 2022, but you get the point. Uh, Stefan Diggs went from 12 games with 90 or more yards to, I want to say, three. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so he had 12 games in 2020, and he had only two. Only two games all season in 2021 with more than 90 yards, with more than 89 yards, technically. So yeah, that was really weird, Dave. I don't I don't know why. I don't know why he struggled so much down the stretch. I, I know Josh Allen, actually, it's a, it's a little bit under the radar because he finished as the number one QB, but... Josh Allen took a pretty severe step back in his efficiency and he was 10th in passing yards per game. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Matthew Stafford. He wasn't throwing for 5,000 yards, threw for 4,400 yards. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, any any theory, any concerns about the performance of Stefan Diggs? Quite frankly, for a guy who had 164 targets, it it wasn't great. He wasn't uh, great per target. He had his second lowest per target rate of his career last year. His catch rate plummeted. That any, was a huge thing. Any performance concerns? Do you think it was just fluky? Could easily bounce back. Let's talk about one of the stats that we discussed with Jacob Gibbs on uh, Wednesday's show. Air yards per target. And so, I'm sorry, that's also average depth of target. Exact same thing. So, the A dot in 2020 was 10.08. Making sure I'm reading that right. I am. So, pretty high. Not bad. Caught over 70% of his targets that year. Last year went up just a little bit. It went up 11.2. So that means, in theory, that he was getting more downfield passes from Josh Allen. You talked about Allen's efficiency falling off. I wonder what his passing A dot was from 2020 versus 2021. Do they reel that in this year to fuel that efficiency again for Stephon Diggs? Because in 2021, the A dot was 11.2. The catch rate fell to 62.4. Uh, yards per target, that, that doesn't matter to me. Yards per route run, 1.9 which is still pretty good. That was in 2021, but in 2020, yards per target, uh, I'm sorry, yards per run, I don't know why I keep doing that, 2.5, that's elite. So I, I, I think that that might be what we need to see from Stefan Diggs, just lower the amount of deep targets that he gets. Uh, that might go to Gabe Davis now, but let that offense kind of run on Diggs running short and intermediate routes more so than the long stuff. There's something that Mike McCoy once told me at an owner's meeting uh, when he was the coach of the Chargers, and it goes back to, you brought this up, Adam, in regards to uh, Keenan Allen's rookie season versus his second season with Malcolm Floyd coming back, Mm -hmm. that sometimes guys, when they have to be the one, uh, the target on their back changes, and Diggs clearly has been a one. But he was in Minnesota. He was, you know, the one in the one A. You know, you could. You, we had this conversation with him at uh, mm-hmm. in Miami at the Super Bowl. If, if if you guys remember when he was on I, with us on HQ about you know, right which, which, which week is you, which week is Thielen. You know, do you guys ever know who's getting more targets? Blah blah. Um, and so he goes to Buffalo. He has this big breakout season, and now all the attention is going to him. And so you know, it's the same target volume essentially. Now there's one more game in there. You know, so 164 versus 167 over, you know, the additional game. But uh, still, target volume same. But he's doing it now with just extra attention on him. And so, you know, uh, we could we could probably sit here and break down the, the the quality of throws and all these things if we had, you know, 10 hours of, of a Stefan Dix podcast. But I think just, you know, the overall thing is that now he has to adjust to defenses adjusting to him. You know, and I think he will. I think the Bills will. I think Josh Allen will. I think, you know, their their offseason has kind of told you where they think of these guys, specifically of Stefan Diggs. They let Beasley walk, they let Sanders walk, they trust Davis. That's clearly a big part of this. Uh, they go out and they get a Crowder, which is kind of a band-aid. You know, he's not necessarily a, a difference-making type of guy. He's basically, uh, at best, a poor man's Cole Beasley because Beasley was so successful for them. But they're doing it in other ways. But clearly, they pay Stephon Diggs. They didn't have to. You know, they gave him the contract extension. They still believe at 28 he's going to be a difference-maker. And obviously, fantasy managers should as well. It's very, very different. But 8.4 to 8.2 was – it was actually 8.5 to 8.2. Josh Allen's passing A dot. So it was up just a little bit. It wasn't. Yeah, look, he's evolving. I mean, I, mean, I got that's, that's the thing. It's he's evolving as a quarterback. He's evolving as as, as a leader. Uh, Diggs has, it has to evolve as as a as a receiver. You know, mm-hmm. to be an alpha. You know, because look, he went from being in that group of uh, very good wide receiver to superstar. And 
Now, okay, how do you maintain being a superstar? And so he took a step back last year. You know, I, I think if you probably asked him, he would say uh, things changed for him. You know, just coverage changed for him, um, attention changed for him, production changed for him. Now, how does he adjust? And just from the conversation, you know, I've, I've talked to him several times, um, you know, just in various shows that we've done where he's been guest for us. He's going to adjust. He's going to make the differences and, and, and be very good at adjusting to what defenses have thrown at him and what the Bills are going to ask him to do. I, I feel very confident in that. Okay, I just want to say one thing here. The rise in ADOT, Dave, and PFF has it basically at 10.1 to 11.1. That does okay. not, and that's it's almost exactly what you were saying, a little slightly different, but that is does not account for this precipitous drop in catch rate. It doesn't explain everything. It, to, go, to go from 76.5% to 62.8%, one yard in ADOT will not have that big of, a, of an impact. And you could just go back to... 2019, his last year in Minnesota, his ADOT was 14.9. That's insane. And he still caught 67% of his passes. So I just did a, some quick math. You're saying Kirk Cousins is better than Josh Allen. <laughs> I'm saying that the catch rate was inexplicably low last year. And if it were just his, if it were just 68%, you know, Heath does this, his career rate is 69%. Let's say it was 68% last year instead of 63%. And remember, it was 76.5% in 2020, which was an outlier. We couldn't have expected that to repeat. But if it was just 68%, he would have had 103 more yards. And who knows, maybe another touchdown or two if he's catching some more passes. But he would have had 103 more yards. He would have had uh, about 1,330 yards, which just looks a lot better than 1,225. Uh, so I think I, I think you should definitely expect the catch rate to go up because it just it you, The thing you're hoping for is, look, look he's, he's averaged nine touchdowns a season in two years in Buffalo. So that's probably safe, eight plus. You know, you're probably looking at, you know, north of 1,300 yards if he's healthy. And he's 100 catches. You know, it, it, that to me feels like what you're buying with Stephon Diggs. And anything over that, you should be thrilled. But, yeah, but he'd still, I think we all could acknowledge, as long as he's getting all those targets, and it's two years in a row, as Dave said, 160 plus, there's no reason why he can't have that 15 touchdown season. Right? I mean, it could happen. It's nothing well, it's also, it. you know, what they do in the red zone with Josh Allen and he runs, you know, so there are Yeah, but he still, throws, that, he still throws 35 touchdowns. Still, and I'm just saying there, there are things, there are other players in this offense that are going to command the ball. Sure, but Diggs, uh, right. I'm not projecting 15 touchdowns for him, but he's led the team in red zone targets two straight years. He's led the team in green zone targets by a mile. Last year, he had 18 targets inside the 10-yard line. Second most was Dawson Knox at 10. He, You know... I love him because he's got such a big role and it's easy to see him having that outlier season, you know? Where you're or the type I'm not projecting 15 touchdowns, but if you're going to make a short list of players who could catch it, he'd be on it, no? Who could catch 15 touchdowns? He'd be on that list. To have that um uh, no, I mean, why not? He's done it before. He just had a career high 10. So. I know, but but most guys who get there haven't done it before, you know. But they also don't do it when they're turning 29. Okay, I guess I just see Josh Allen's going to throw 35 touchdowns. Stephon Diggs is going to have 160 targets. I, he, he could, could, obviously he could do be it. wide he could, receiver. He could obviously one. do it. I don't know if he'd be on the short list, though. Okay, give me your short list. 15 touchdown potential. Cobb, Jefferson, Chase, there's the list. <laughs> Evans. Okay. Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Best shape of his life. All right, let's move on here. And uh, tell you about our schedule for next week. It's bold prediction week. We're going to have bold predictions for Dave, for Jamie, for Heath. Am I doing it too? I guess I have to ask Schrager. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We don't have a show on Monday because it is Memorial Day. So enjoy your barbecue. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll have bold predictions for you. 
Let's go to what Davis called the BS list, the best shape list, best shape of his life, best shape of his career. Mac Jones is on there. Amari Rogers is on there. Ezekiel Elliott's on there. Welcome, Robbie Anderson. His coach, Matt Rule, said he's not at OTAs, but we know he's going to be in the best shape of his career or the best shape no, of his life. That's different, though. We know he's going to be versus he is. You can't put him on the list. He's on the list. Nope. If, Matt, if Matt Rule says that he, we nope. know it, that he's nope. on the you list. You have to see it. You have to see it. Maybe maybe they zoom. Maybe they face. You can't go on the list. I'm sorry. He's banned. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? Can we keep him on the list? He's on the um, IBS <laughs> invisible BS list. Because you have to there. be in present with your team to be called on the in the best shape of your life. I'm sorry. He's not on the list. Why? Why do you have to be there to be in good shape? Who's seen him? Matt Rule knows. You know. He knows him. He just he, he says, "I know he's going to be." I, I'm, I, the no, I, the IBS list. list is very funny, so he could be on that. I was trying to think of a word that started with C. Oh, Jamie, help me out here. Could, could be, could be CBBS. <laughs> All right, let's do some upside talk here. I'm going to give you a group of players being drafted in the same range. By the way, IBS not really funny. Uh, Lamar it. Jackson not at OTAs. Great yeah. shape, great shape though. Yeah. Harbaugh's like, yeah, he's got a belly now. He's been eating Cheetos on his couch. Are you ready for the uh, the upside talk? Give you three players at the same position going in the same range and average draft position. Tell me who has the most upside. You can do it quickly here. Most upside, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins. Mitchell. In PPR? You can give separate answers. Uh, PPR, it's Etienne. Nine and a half PPR, it's Dobbins. Oh, not Mitchell at all. No. Dave, defend your man. If he manages to stay healthy for the majority of the year, he's in the right offense to go off. We've already yeah, seen him. He's had some huge games. He's a what guy? Too many guys in that offense now. Oh, yeah, because Baltimore has no one there to go with <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. Uh, no, but J.K. Dobbins and Elijah Mitchell are not in the same conversation as players. As te- I agree 100%. But as you know better than anybody, opportunity means more than talent when it comes to fantasy football. And there should yes, be more I trust opportunity. That the Ravens will give J.K. Dobbins as much opportunity, if not more, than the 49ers will give to Elijah Mitchell. I think there's obviously a chance that that could happen because Mitchell has proven to be unhealthy. We don't even know if Dobbins is healthy at this point. And when he does come back, I am certain that's fair. Uh, I'm certain that Dobbins will share with somebody, whether it's Gus, Tyler Beatty, um, uh, Mike Davis, really. Uh, but Lamar Jackson's certainly going to be somebody that takes work away from him. Well, so will Trey Lance and Debo Samuel and Tyrion Debo, Davis, I right? bet, does not take much. Lance huh? will. I bet Debo doesn't. I don't think Debo's going to keep playing that running back role. After, He'll play all, the, after all the stink he caused this offseason, I bet he doesn't do that much. I'm taking right, guys. Mitchell first. I'm taking Mitchell That's a good. That's a good debate. All right, let's go to our next one. Most upside, Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy. Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy. Judy. Brown. Jamie, give me a quick reason why you said Judy over Brown. Uh, I mean, Judy is the unknown because he could clearly be the best weapon for Russell Wilson. And, you know, we finally see a quarterback unlock what was expected to be a superstar coming into the NFL from what he showed us in college. Brown has a six-game advantage over the guy that is going to maybe take that role away from him in DeAndre Hopkins. And Mike Williams isn't the number one receiver on his team. So if Judy becomes this guy for Russell Wilson, he's going to probably obliterate these two if things go, hopefully, what will be according to plan. 
you can't complain about Elijah Mitchell sharing carries when Jerry Judy's sharing the field with Sutton and Tim Patrick and Which of these guys are not sharing the field with other players. What do you mean they're not sharing the field with other players? I mean, Marquise Brown is sharing eventually with DeAndre Hopkins, with Zach Ertz, with Rondell Moore, with Jay Conner. That's Connor. true, I mean, but that's true, but I think Brown's a different type of guy compared to all those other pass catchers in Arizona now. And I think he's absolutely in the right offense. We can take his efficiency metrics in Baltimore and apply it to an offense in Arizona that should throw the ball more. We know that he's got a connection with Kyler Murray. They've already been working out this offseason. They've been friends for years. You're right about the advantage. There's always the chance that DeAndre Hopkins comes back and isn't the Hopkins of old, which means that Brown's going to continue to be the top receiver in Arizona's offense, I think he's a good fit there. I think he's got the most upside of these three. He could. I just take Judy's unknown potential because I think he'll be better than both of guys. All right. Uh, a year ago, I would have agreed 100%. I just <laughs> I don't know with Jerry and Judy now. You're taking a year of Jerry Judy with Drew Locke. And, and I'm taking two years of Jerry Russell Judy and not being able to put it all together. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it is fair. He hasn't really done anything. Oh, of course he hasn't done it yet. That's the point. Yeah. We're talking well, upside. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean just because you're taking upside doesn't mean that you have to take someone who hasn't done it. I mean, they're kind of different. You could be very accomplished and have a lot of upside. Oh, right? I think Marquise Brown's going to be awesome. I just think Jerry Judy has the highest ceiling of this trio. Okay. All right, most upside, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. Uh, I, ooh. I'll take Russ. <laughs> Wilson, Prescott, Brady. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I could make the case for all three. I think as things stand now, Russ makes the most sense. Okay. You know what the deal is with both Dak and Brady. If they get their guys back and they're healthy, then absolutely they've got a chance to outperform Russell Wilson. Wilson's guys are healthy now. Yeah. Okay. Wilson, it is most upside. Pitts, Waller, Kittle. Uh, it's got to be Pitts. Yeah. Does it though? Like I, I can't even make the case. I can't even pretend to make the case for Waller or Kittle. I can. And it would be Waller over Kittle. I can I mean, make the Waller case. Waller and Kittle certainly can be what they've been at their peak. Um, you know, Trey Lance may be the thing that George Kittle needs to get to that 10 touchdown mark, you know, which we've seen him, you know, struggle with in terms of getting over five barely. Uh, Waller may have no coverage based on what we have uh, surrounding him compared to what he's been, where everybody's tried to focus their attention on him. Uh, but Pitts, clearly, if he you know can find the end zone, anything more than I don't know one, um, you know, based on a thousand yard rookie campaign, can be phenomenal. So uh, it feels as if Waller and Kittle might be, and I, I, I stress that heavily, might be hen- trending in the wrong direction, um, which is you know to say they've been at such elite heights. Whereas Pitts hopefully is trending in the other direction because we haven't seen it from him yet consistently. Do you think Pitts can average 66 yards per game? If he doesn't, then that's a shame. Agreed. I think he can. And that would be 10% more than what he did last year. Which means he's an 1,100-yard pass catcher. Sure to score more than one touchdown. Even with Mariota slash Ritter at quarterback. Yeah, just the argument for Waller. I, I wouldn't make the argument for Kittle, I guess, except other than that he's done he's done it. You know, he's awesome. But uh they are Derek Carr threw for forty eight hundred yards last year. He was sixth in the NFL in passing yards per game. If he's gonna throw, let's say he throws for forty six hundred yards, what's Mariota gonna throw for? What's the Falcons offense gonna throw for? You know, thirty six? So it's that's just I guess the argument for Waller having it could be a four thousand yard passing team. 
Yeah, maybe. With 2,000 that going to pits. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we have a few news items, and then we'll get into your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and your tweets, if you have any of those. I'm going to check Twitter. And if you have any in YouTube, we're gonna, I'll tell you when. We'll wait till the end of the show. We'll do the YouTube comments. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603. For complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Some news and notes. Uh, just a little slight change in the IR rules. As of you know, last year, players on IR needed to miss a minimum of three games. Now players on IR need to miss a minimum of four games. And, you should and there's a limit to how many can come back. But it's eight, right? Eight. I believe last year was unlimited. This year, teams can only bring back eight players from IR. That includes, like in the case of a player that goes on IR twice, and they bring them back twice, that counts two times, not one. Frank Reich says he would consider drafting Naheem Hines if he were a fantasy manager. Naheem Hines is currently going 138th overall. Who would you guys take, James Cook or Naheem Hines? Hines. Hines at cost. Um, I mean, I, I've said this time and time again. I spoke to their office coordinator. I spoke to their running backs coach. They are going to use Naheem Hines probably more so than they ever have, which says a lot based on where he was a couple of years ago. I mean, Matt Ryan's a perfect quarterback for him. So same things like Phillip Rivers was a perfect quarterback for him. I don't know at what expense it's going to come to Jonathan Taylor's reception total from a year ago, uh, but you should probably expect, you know, five to ten less potentially just because Naeem Hines has that upside um, to be in this role. Uh, don't worry about the additions of Philip Lindsay and um, Tyson Williams. I don't think that impacts Naeem Hines at all. And so PPR, he's got the ability to be your flex week in, week out. And Curtis Samuel says he feels good. A, a completely lost year for him last season. Do you think he's worth, do you think Curtis Samuel is worth a late round flyer over some of the, uh, Jalen Tolbert? Would you rather have Curtis Samuel of Washington or Jalen Tolbert, rookie receiver for the Cowboys? Tolbert as of now. I would I would take the chance on Tolbert as well, but I think Samuel, if you recall, his last year in Carolina was a poor man's Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson. You know, so that was I think the intention of this Carolina of this uh, Washington offense to use him in that regard. 
Um, it's another, you know, potential downgrade to, you know, Antonio Gibson and maybe even JD McKissick if he's healthy, because if he gets any snaps in the backfield and has success with them, they'll probably use him more in that way. Um, but I mean, look, he's, he's had one decent season of production and the rest has just been injury prone and, and just a lack of contributing. So, you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting per Samuel. I, I, I hope he plays well. I, I, I was hopeful for him last year, but just feels tough to trust. All right, ready for some emails. Here we go. Again, the email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I. We really appreciate all the emails. We have a lot of them. I wish I could read all of them, but we just were getting a lot, which is obviously good, and we appreciate that. Uh, not going to complain, but I'm sorry I can't get to everything. I do respond to some of them just, you know, if I have time, so, and I have time. But, yeah, so I so if I don't read them, there's a good chance I'll respond. By the way, another... I mean, the reason why I don't have time these days is because I'm just so riveted by these NBA playoffs. Another barn burner last night. Great stuff. This one is from Jeff. From the HQ city of Funko, the company that makes those ubiquitous pop figurines. You guys have any Funkos? My son has one of a White Castle burger. <laughs> okay. So that just tells you what they're making Funkos of these days. Dear Joe, Roger, Dwight, and Jerry. Those are Niners. They sure are. How badly is Week 9 going to stink for mm. fantasy this year? In one of my Dynasty Superflex leagues, all three of my startable quarterbacks are on bye that week. Prescott, Watson, and Wilson. I have two first-round rookie picks in that league, so I guess I could just draft Kenny Pickett. Oh, no, wait. Pittsburgh is also on a bye. There is some serious fantasy weaponry sitting in Week 9. Might this be... One year where, during redrafts, we do have to pay attention to bye weeks, specifically week nine, and to a lesser extent, week 14. You should always pay attention to bye weeks. If you don't, you're giving up a slight edge in your draft. I don't think it should be the decision maker for you. But when you're looking, if you're debating between two backup quarterbacks or you know a backup at a different position... And you think they're equal, you check the bye weeks. One's got the bye week of the starter on your team, probably lean toward the other guy. You should do that every year. And if you think week nine is going to be bad, just wait till week 14. Yeah, he mentioned you already have these situations, though, because this is a dynasty roster and people that that have their rosters for the most part set. Just know that you're going to probably end up punting a week. You know, you never want to go on thinking that, but you you don't have a choice at this point. You know, you're not going to plan on starting. player X or drafting player X because you just need him for week nine draft the best players can help your roster for the long term in your rookie draft don't worry about one week one year week nine I'm looking at a a website that gives the bye weeks and week nine it says Cleveland Pittsburgh Denver Dallas New York and San Francisco week 10 is New England New York Cincinnati and Baltimore probably want to be a little bit more specific with the New York. Uh, the Giants are the week nine by the Jets are week 10. Week 14 also has six teams on by the Colts, Washington, Chicago, Green Bay, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Okay, next question from Antonio. Hey, Dave, Rick, Hunter, and Randy. Come on, Dave. Dave. Come on, Rick, Dave. Hunter and wrestlers. That's uh, Randy Orton, Hunter, and uh, Triple H. Yeah. Dave. Oh yeah, they were evolution. <laughs> Dave, come on. Jamie, sorry, I didn't mean to let you, you down. Yeah, 
Uh, is it crazy to have the mindset that A.J. Dillon is all but assuredly going to lead Green Bay in carries and rushing yards? It feels like with the way their offense is shaping up to be this year, Jones will be used as a receiver by sheer team need, and A.J. Dillon will soak up most of the carries. I don't know if that's going to definitely happen. I think it's definite that Jones will lead that backfield in catches, and I think it's possible that Dylan leads the way and carries, but it might not be by as much as you think. I don't think they're about to convert Aaron Jones into a full-time receiver. So I don't necessarily agree. Okay, I would say it's a 60-40 edge and carries for Dylan. Hmm? He's a tough one for, for me in drafts. You know, I just want to get one of them. Yeah, it's pretty valuable. He's going 70th. That would be a no-brainer for me, 70th. I f- yes. feel like I've seen him go earlier in our drafts, more like 50 to 60. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're expecting him to... No, more like 60, I guess. Yeah. To do what he did at the end of the season in terms of his carries, and he could lead them in touchdowns, he's also an injury away from being a top-five guy. Right. Yep. And they have the third easiest projected strength of schedule, according to me. Okay. All right, next question. That's AJ Dillon we were talking about. Thank you for the question, mm-hmm. Antonio. This Dylan. is from, from Matthew. <laughs> Dylan, you guys were talking about Alan Lazard yesterday like he's the Packers' number one wide receiver. I don't know. He Yesterday, I don't know when this was written. But he isn't even under contract currently with the team. He's a restricted free agent, hasn't signed his tender, so he possibly could not even be with the team. That's as of right now, just FYI. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will be with the team. He doesn't really have any options, but he, he hasn't signed his contract. Does that matter at all for Alan Lazard? No. Okay. Unless he's going to hold out, which would be the dumbest decision in the history of football contract decisions by a guy who's a year away from being an unrestricted free agent. All right, Dave, where is John from? And there's no H in it, if that helps. Just J-O-N. John's from Boynton Beach, Florida. Do a show. He wants to do an entire episode. We'll just do a segment. Do a show about how third wide receivers on great offenses are becoming the equivalent mm. to the lottery backup running back. Tim Patrick, Van Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Jalen Tolbert, K.J. Osborne, Russell Gage. Are these the lottery tickets that uh, those backup running backs are? No. Not quite. But I get where he's coming from. Offenses that pass so much that even the third receiver has some merit in fantasy and potential to be a number two receiver in case somebody gets hurt. Think about Godwin and Russell Gage in Tampa, for example. If Godwin's not ready to go for the start of the year, Gage is going to be the number two receiver, someone that can get you off to a hot start. And the way that they throw in Tampa, or at least at the way that they have thrown in Tampa, it would suggest that Gage could be in line for six-plus targets from game to game. That's not bad. So I get where he's coming from with that, but I'd still rather have the running back. And one of the reasons why is because I know that I can find receivers that are similar to the Russell Gages of the world week to week on the waiver wire, unless it's just a crazy deep league. Next question is from James. Dear Lion, Tin Man, Scarecrow, Dorothy, and Toto. And he's going to tell us later on in the email who which – Wizard of Oz character each of us are. Uh, This year in my PPR league, we're transitioning to a keeper league for the first time. I can keep up to three players for three years with a two-round penalty per year. For example, I drafted Michael Thomas in the seventh round last year. I can keep him in in the fifth this year, the third the following year, and the first the year after that. Help me pick three from the following. 
All right, third round, Deontay Johnson and T. Higgins. So I guess he'd only be able to keep them for two years, and next year they'd be first-round picks. So Deontay Johnson and T. Higgins in the third, Michael Thomas in the fifth, Mike Williams, A.J. Dillon in the sixth, Tony Pollard in the seventh, Elijah Moore in the ninth, Rashad Penny in the twelfth, J.K. Dobbins in the thirteenth. That's the easy one. J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins in the thirteenth. We need two more. I like those um, sixth round guys. Mike Williams, A.J. Dillon. I like that. You don't have to keep the pair, right? Just one in each round. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You could just keep three in total. Oh, that's true. So, like, that means he's got to keep them. He if. He, if he keeps two in the sixth, does that mean he has to give up one in the fifth instead? Unless don't. he's got two six-round picks? I don't know. I would keep Dobbins, Dylan, and Higgins and not worry about next year. What about Elijah Moore in the ninth? It's interesting. As opposed it's to Higgins. It's a 10-team league or 12-team league? It's a 10-team league. I have no idea. He didn't say. <laughs> no, he it's didn't two say. receiver and one flex. Yeah, I would and keep Higgins, the values go up every year. Dobbins, and Dylan, and I'm not worried about 2023 because there's really nothing great in terms of where these guys are next year unless something happened. Dobbins withstanding, notwithstanding, but... Yeah. I think what the two about, that could be would be Pollard in the seventh right. and Elijah Moore in the ninth. So you forecast it a little bit. What's more likely to happen? Elijah Moore being a consistent seventh round or better pick next year or Tony Pollard being a consistent fifth round or better pick next year? I mean, if Pollard is the lead running back for the Cowboys, that's the guy you'd want. But it's I'm still trying to win now. So. Oh, man. Well, I still tough. think you've got a good chance to win now if you're keeping Dylan and Dobbins. I mean, your running backs are set. Yeah, but I don't want to give up Higgins when you're, everybody else is keeping three receiver, three three players, and probably the top receivers are gone. Okay, it's tough. It's a tough call. So Dobbins and Dylan, we agree I mean, on. if you really feel that strongly about where Pollard can become, then just don't keep Dylan because you're getting around better value on it, and and, and Pollard could be – just as good as Dylan next year, if not better. Right, but Dylan could also be that guy, and you can almost see that happening. Hmm. I, I certainly see more of a fade for Ezekiel Elliott than I do for Aaron Jones. And contracts are different, right? Yes, Zeke is gone after next year. Yeah. Okay, uh, P.S. Dave is the cowardly lion. Keith <laughs> is the tin man because the way he treats Adam shows he has no heart. <laughs> 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 Jamie is the scarecrow because graduating from Florida proves nothing. Nice. Adam is Dorothy because he likes to sing and seems lost half the time. <laughs> oh, no. And Ben is Toto because he isn't a main character, but everyone still loves him and pats him on the head. That's funny. Did, yeah. did Toto run away and never come back? <laughs> no, I don't think so. She did lose Toto. Oh, okay. so, I can't watch that movie. I don't know Ben's Toto. Unwatchable. It's so boring. From <laughs> Oh, my God. I, mean, I appreciate it. It's, it's place Do your history. kids watch it all the time? No. My kids watched it every day. And my, my mom tells me was, that I watched it every day. My nephew was a tin man at Loggers Run Middle School, and he was he was great. It was it was they did it in an hour and they cut down like all the frivolous stuff. It was fantastic. Yeah, oh, that's good. I, you know, if they've done it in 20 minutes, would it be even better? All right, this is from Solinar. Dear Hans, Carl, Theo, and Anthony. Anthony, I don't remember an Anthony. But that's diehard. I'm in a 12-team PPR Superflex League where all touchdowns are worth six points and we do not have to start a tight end. I won the Mm. toilet bowl last year. I can pick my draft slot. Where should I draft? It is Superflex. It's PPR. Don't have to draft a tight end. He's thinking third overall to take either Josh Allen or Christian McCaffrey. 
What do you guys think? Are you sure you're going to get Josh Allen at three? I don't, I, I don't want to pick three for McCaffrey. And I kind of want to make sure that I've got Josh Allen on my team in a super flex. I kind of like one. Okay. One? Yeah, it's not bad. One. From Cole, Dynasty, 10-team league, two quarterbacks, half PPR, IDP. I'm rebuilding. I have 103 and 105. I think Jamison Williams will be available at 105, and I'd like to take Drake London at 103, but he might be taken at 102. Should I take should I take Walker or try to trade out, maybe for a second rounder and a future first? What should he do? He's rebuilding. It's a, it's a PPR two-quarterback league. It's half PPR, pardon me. 103 and 105. I would probably take Garrett Wilson. At three, I would take Burks if London's gone. Over Wilson. Um, and then if you – Wilson might be there at five. Or Walker might be there at five. So, so then would you take JMO at three? No, I wouldn't take – I wouldn't take Jamison over Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks. I think Jamison's got a chance to be the best receiver, period. Oh, I don't disagree, but I think they all have a shot. I mean, it's, it's such a very even class for the most part. So, you know, Jamison versus London versus Burks versus Wilson. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all kind of – you can see the path to greatness for all of them. You can see kind of a path to mediocrity for all of them. You know, so um, I, I think if, if you're sold on Jameson, then take him at five. But I would rather have Burks and Wilson personally. But if you're, if you're sold on Williams, shouldn't you take him at three? And then you just take BPA at five? Unless you think Williams is going five. We just haven't seen that based on how rookie drafts have gone. You know, so um, Williams is typically going after the top five guys. All right, this is from Steve in Ontario. 12-team standard scoring keeper league, two running backs, two receivers, and a f- no flex. Oh, that's what they keep. That's what they keep. Not, I don't know if that's their lineup. My current keepers are Lamar Jackson, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Mark Andrews, Nick Folk, because you have to keep a kicker, and the Miami or Denver DST. Uh, what the hell? You have, to keep, you have to keep a defense. Which, First of all, real quick, Miami or Denver? Denver. Denver. I'm leaning towards Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott as my running back keepers, but I also have Cam Akers. Would you keep Akers over Zeke? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Next email from Steven. Steven Cialaro. And that's how you pronounce it, too. Cialaro. Dear Jimmy, Allen, Keenan, and Allen. <laughs> what? I don't know. Ten Jimmy, team. Allen, Keenan, and Allen. Jimmy, Allen, Keenan, and Allen. I'm not sure who the Jimmy is. Garoppolo. So what What would Garoppolo, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Allen Hearns? Who would be Josh the other Allen? Allen? Maybe Josh. No, but then they, he'd say Josh. Maybe they're Wayans. Like Allen. Keen. There's two Allen Wayans. <laughs> They're all Ivory Everybody Wayans. loves that comedic genius Alan Wayans, but they don't know which one is which. 10-team Keeper League PBR. Keep Najee Harris late in the second or James Conner early in the ninth? Oh, I don't know if I can pass up the Conner value. Yeah, Conner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's do a little Google here. Jimmy, Allen, Keenan, and Allen. Yeah, good luck. I don't, I don't have anything. Okay, Musicians? let's see. What do we got? Musicians? Jimmy Page, I don't know. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Buffett. Alan Parsons. 
But isn't that Allen with A's? I have no A-L-L-A-N. idea. I have no idea. Like, All right, I got a couple Apple Podcast questions to read. Let's do it. This is from Max. Both of my big leagues have starting roster setups. How about, hold on, hold on. Jaguars receivers. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. Way to go. All right. All right, here's a question from Max. Both of my big leagues have starting roster setups of one running back, one wide receiver, and four flexes. Would this setup change cool. the way you construct your roster? Yes. You don't have to go as heavy on running backs or prioritize tight end. Right. He says he takes one entire backfield and stockpiles various wide receivers. I don't hate that. All right. Interesting. All right. This is from Craig in Zanesville. Grade my 2022 Dynasty rookie trades and picks. I don't think I can express to you how much reading there is in this one. So let's see if I can shorten it. I'm in complete rebuild. I have four second-round picks, four third-round picks in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. I traded two second-rounders for the eighth overall pick where I stole Garrett Wilson, and I traded 2.9 in a late first-rounder in 2023, and I took Sky Moore and Jahan Dotson. And then I I traded back up into the second round to get George Pickens. I was able yeah. to get Brian Robinson and Jalen Tolbert in the third. He did pretty wow. well. He also has Romeo Dubs, Calvin Austin. This is made up. Did I do the right thing going heavy on wide receivers to kickstart my rebuild? Yes. Yeah. That's the position to okay. start with. Sorry to sum it up with a, such a succinct answer, but yeah, you did make the right decision. Good job. They made this up. There's no way that happened. <laughs> Garrett Wilson eighth, is that what he said? Yeah, 108. Pretty good. Okay, so now I'm going to see if I have any tweets because I sent this tweet out just before the show. I have three. Let's see what they say. Did Wait you want to have that? any YouTube comments? We can't. Yeah, we'll get YouTube questions. comments right after the tweets. Okay, okay. I have one episode of Ozark left. I watched this just penultimate one? one. Yeah. You couldn't stay awake for another hour. It Jamie, was like for Obi Wan. Twelve fifteen a.m. at that point, and I decided no. Decided it's tomorrow. It better enough. be good. Okay, Brad comes out. Uh, Brad comes out with this question here. Brad, grade the trade in Dynasty. I send Jonathan Taylor, ooh, Kadarius ooh. Tony, and uh, Michael Carter. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Kadarius Tony, and Michael Carter. I get Christian McCaffrey, Jerry Judy, and Garrett Wilson. Hey, I think I like it for you. Okay, you do give up Taylor, but you get a lot back. If McCaffrey's healthy, you win this trade by a mile. Yeah, exactly. From Jesse, for your best shape in his life segment, is there a player that comes to mind whose stock would instantly shoot up draft boards as he as he if he were labeled as in the best shape of his life? Um, shot up draft boards because of it. No, no. no. Okay. This is from Bango. Trent Richardson. Would you trade a 2023 first-round pick for Derrick Henry with this lineup in a 12-team Dynasty Superflex? So basically, you know, are you one piece away? He's got Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr. He has Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Dawson Knox, A.J. Dillon, Gabriel Davis, very good. See on the bench, we've got what's the bench? 
Naeem Hines, Devin Singletary, Kenneth Gainwell. No. no. I think he's good. But the, the thing about it is, like, you're you're trying to obviously acquire another superstar. I get it. Um, it's it's not a bad move. But your team is probably good enough to win right now with whatever you're going to supplement. Like, this is the type of trade. The type of trade that you should be making is, like, how do you acquire another player that is an injury away from being a superstar for your team without mortgaging the future? Like, you don't need to give away a 2023 first-round pick because what if all these guys, you know, not all these, but a, but a good portion of these guys get hurt and you end up picking in the top half of 2023 and all this talent that's coming into this class next year, you're missing out on because you you got Derrick Henry and things didn't go out, didn't work out well for you. Like, I, I don't know if I want to acquire a 29-year-old running back um, as good as he's going to be when you already have such a stocked roster, stacked roster in place. Like, I would be trying just to... to like go get a Melvin Gordon cheap or uh he's already got Zeke. But what I'm saying is like, you know, get somebody that just, you know, y- you can backfill if you need to, as opposed to, like you said, replacing Ezekiel Elliott. Is is he is he looking at the wrong position? Should he give up the one for Mark Andrews? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because he has Dawson Knox. Right. What is that? That's where I would go. I don't know what the shape of the team that has Kelsey and Andrews is in, and okay. I don't think I, I I don't know if Waller's the right move to make for a one. I don't know if Kelsey's the right move to make for a one. I guess if you're going for it, then the answer is yeah. But that's the position that I would try and upgrade. The only other thing I can think of is, can you take some of your draft picks with Zeke to get one decent draft pick next year and then flip your first next year for Derrick Henry? And so then you upgrade at the running back position. You don't have a first next year, but at least you traded Zeke for something. Maybe it's a two next year that can help you replenish that in next year's draft. I just saw a very funny headline uh, from NBC Sports Edge. It was, the, the, it was a tweet headline, I guess. Trey Lance's finger is in the best shape of his life. <laughs> Trey Lance told reporters that he dealt with a right index finger injury throughout the 2021 season. Quote, I'm in a great spot health-wise, throwing the ball well, feeling really good. So that is pretty funny. Cool. Okay. Great. He makes the list. He's been at practice. Yeah, all right. I, thank you to people for, for tweeting me these things. It's, it's actually it's very funny, and I enjoy it. Time for our YouTube comments. Here we go. Okay. You know who could benefit from being in the best shape of his life right now is Traylon Burks. We talked about that on Wednesday. Yes. That's a good call. I'd like that. I don't think he'll shoot up rankings. I think he'll just... He's out of shape? Feel better. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Because I think too much was made of him not being able to finish practice. Well, usually if you're in shape, you can finish a practice. Well, they practice indoors. So this was a new experience for him. <laughs> okay. What are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter in Atlanta? I have zero faith in Mariota, and I think the kid is good. It's from Jim. I think they'll put him in as soon as they think he's ready for similar reasons to why you have no faith in Mariota. And it could happen. If he, if he comes to camp and he's prepared and he's playing as well as Mariota in, in these scrimmages that they have and in preseason games, it could be a week one thing. The problem is that I don't know how much better of a passer he is than you know standard – NFL quarterback at this point. I don't think he's necessarily going to upgrade um, the Atlanta passing game. Okay. Question from Jake. 
I have Josh Allen and Joe Burrow in a one QB dynasty league. What could I look in return for Burrow? I also have Juju. I'm looking to pair with him in a trade. So he he needs running backs Burrow and Juju for. Would you do that for Derrick Henry? No, I don't think so. I, I view quarterbacks. Would I trade a Juju for Derrick Henry? No, Joe no, Burrow Juju and, and Juju Joe Burrow. for Henry. In a one QB dynasty league, yeah. yes, I would trade Joe Burrow for Derrick Henry. When you already have Josh Allen. 100%. I view quarterbacks a little bit differently. I think that they're just simple, long-term, set-and-forget staples. And, I and think he has that in Josh Allen. They are, but yeah. he has two. That's the thing. But he's got two. Why should he give one away just because he's got the other? Because he's, he's getting, getting a superstar in return that's going to help for him. For a year or maybe two. I don't care. You're never going to play Joe Burrow if Josh Allen's healthy. You should ask for more than that for Derrick Henry. I, I don't know. Or for Burrow. Okay, well, what would you ask for then? Burrow, so it's Burrow and Juju. Give me a running back. Uh, for Burrow and a one Taylor's too much. Brees Hall is not going to happen. Javante, probably not going to happen. I think if I, you're... I, if, I, it, this might be a me thing. Just If you're content with, with Juju, you're looking at, you know, depending on what the manager is, like, a disgruntled Saquon Barkley manager, you know, and you might have to put something else with, with Burrow. But if you're just talking about something to supplement your roster, you know, you look at Clyde Edwards there, you look at Miles Sanders, you look at the guys that have uh, obvious bounce back potential, but, you know, clearly coming off some down seasons. Yeah. Okay. Or, or a Dylan or a Pollard, those type of guys. Okay. This is from Brian. I have Akers, Chubb, Najee Harris, AJ Dillon, JJ, and Andrews. Who's JJ? Justin like, Jefferson. Oh. Keep four. I've never be JJ Taylor. once heard anybody call him JJ. I thought, was Julio, thought it was Julio Jones. A- Akers, Chubb, Najee Harris, Dylan, JJ, and Andrews. Keep four. Jefferson, Chubb, Harris, and Andrews. I like it. And let's put PPR, by the way. From <laughs> Brandon, I get to keep Cup in the fourth round. Should I take Jefferson with the first pick? Yes. Yeah, assuming that there isn't a running back that's, you know, locked in. Yeah, sure. Again, when you when you do these things, these type of moves, and you're in keeper league, you got to remember there's running backs that are going to be gone. So you're leaving yourself thin at that spot. It's also half PPR, so I don't know that I like it as much. But yeah, I'd like to know what running backs might be available with your pick. It don't lock yourself into Jefferson, but there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Okay. Oh, uh, Michael Strachan. Is that pronounced? Strawn. Strawn. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, 16-team dynasty PPR. Start four pass catchers. What do you think about him? I think he's got uh, a battle to make the roster this year. Yep. I I see the talent for sure, but I think he's, and he's, you know, unique body. Very tall. Very fast. If you're looking for, like, flyers in this type of leagues, like, we talked about this with the Packers guys, like, you know, see if Randall Cobb is somebody like that is available. A um, couple of guys that could be of interest just because of the situation right now. Tylen Wallace and James Prochet in Baltimore. Uh, you know, Not DuVernay? Not, huh? Not Devin DuVernay? Uh, could be Devin DuVernay. Um, uh, I've heard that they really like Tylen Wallace a lot uh, mm-hmm. just based on what his role could be. So, you know, if he's available, go take a look at him. Gosh, I mean, Michael Strawn's name is... It's almost it's it's one letter away from being Michael Strahan. Just drop the C. Wouldn't it be two letters? No, because the guy on YouTube misspelled it. So it's it's Michael Strahan with a C before the H in Strahan. But it's not pronounced 
Strahan or Strachan. <laughs> but, but his name is Michael Strahan. I mean, come on. All right, last question here. Keep one, full PPR, Burrow, Eli Mitchell, Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson, or Hunter Renfro? Judy. I think it's probably Judy. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, an awesome Memorial Day, and we will talk to you on Tuesday, Bold Predictions Week, beginning on Tuesday. We'll talk to you again. Thanks again. See ya. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.